Hey there, welcome to the Northwest Audio Podcast Midweek Formation. My name is Nick. I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're continuing to walk through the spiritual practices, and we're going to be talking about Lectio Divina. So take us away. Tell us about uh, Lectio Divina. Sure. Well, this is this has re-sparked my love and passion for um, the practices of the faith. Like and prepping for this or this collection as a whole? This collection as a whole. Mm. And then, uh, you know, uh, especially this, especially this, uh, this podcast today. Um, but I, I think that our church is ready for a like broader broadcast of, of the practices and like platforming them on the weekend and like trying to, I don't know, create, creating an opportunity for people to um, learn, learn the practices or be in inter- be introduced maybe to the practices for like the first time yeah um and so it's cool that we're tackling this on the podcast uh i think what was week one last week we did um simplicity but the mm-hmm. week before we did silence and solitude right yes. okay so you know we're we're kind of halfway through these six or seven practices yep. there's many more but there's also what i would call like the necessary ones or like the mission critical ones and then there's like the well, hopefully you can get to some of these too. You know what I mean? <laughs> these are these are cool also. <laughs> these, are, these are cool also. But and prayer is kind of like a that's not a push aside. That's a do that. Yep. Yep. Here's the here's the thing about Lectio Divina. Well, let's quickly define it for our listeners so people don't turn this podcast off. Yes. That's so, a good idea. Um Lectio Divina is just Latin for divine reading. And so I think that the Western context is that we treat the reading of God's word. First, obligatory. You know, we read it mm. out of obligation, yeah, because we want to check the box. And then, second, we read it as uh, a history book, yeah. And and actually, I don't think either one of those are necessarily bad in and of themselves. I just don't think they're complete, right? Yeah, they're, that's good. Does that make sense? Like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't think that reading God's Word as solely a history book will actually. Um, have the Holy Spirit flow into your heart. Yeah. I think Bible reading and prayer both because, because in our culture, we, you know, especially if you grew up in the church, you were raised with the go pray and read your Bible, pray and read your Bible, pray and read your Bible. Like it's such an obligation. Like, ugh, yeah. I don't want to do that. I mean, every time if you say, all right, if you're like in a room with people and you're like, all right, who wants to pray? <laughs> Nobody right, raises, no their raises their hands. And you're like, I volunteer you to pray. And they're like, oh, but I prayed last week. It's like, do you not want to pray? Like, right. Wait till, <laughs> wait till you're a pastor at a dinner party and people will ask you to pray. That's me all the time. People are just like, all right, Nick will pray. He's the pastor. And I'm like, why me? But then I think to myself, I'm like, why am I upset that I'm praying? Like, why? Now you should start, you should start the joke like, hey, I'm all, it's Friday. I'm, it's my day off, man. Yeah, I don't pray I don't, on Fridays. I don't pray on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a stupid joke. I actually think that Lectio Divina, so divine reading, this could actually change someone's life from the inside out. Mm. And I'm I'm speaking to the person who does not have an active relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And so when you hear something like Lectio Divina, divine reading, you think of you automatically feel like, whoa, this is really intellectual, this is really academic, this is really ancient. And what I'm actually trying to say is that this is this is very evangelistic. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that in a second. It's the the simplest and in fact the the way that scriptures were intended to be read. The way that scriptures were were compiled together, they were meant to transform. They are meant to do this kind of work in you. Um 
that's just like that was the goal. That was God's goal. Yeah. Was to move you. Yep. So the Bible is not strictly historical. Uh, it's it's more than that. Um, and so this Lectio Divina thought of divine reading is based in a Jewish tradition. I, I'm probably going to botch this word, Nick, but it's probably Haggadah, which is the Jewish. Uh, I would assume it's Haggadah. I don't know why. I, I'm gonna go, let's go with yours. I'm good with that. Uh, but now I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's the reading. Of, it, it was their reading of the Torah. So th- there was a there was a similar rhythmic cadence and pattern to how someone would interact with the Torah. Um, more specifically, the Torah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so, so that one we know. Yeah, that we know. <laughs> but to focus on the lectio divina or the divine reading of the scriptures. In the early Christian monastic communities, particularly in the third and fourth centuries, a form of what is known as contemplative prayer and scriptural meditation began to develop. Now, what in the world is that? Um, it all comes back to this uh, this movement in in the third and fourth century, where if you if you drift away from the divinity of the Bible long enough, you will crave what you don't have, right? Mm-hmm. And you will long and hunger for that again. Yeah. And so it it is it is not surprising to me that even in 2023 there is now another new wave of interest mm-hmm. in the practices because of how quickly the church goes through life cycles of uh, the church, you know, puts on performances and entertains Christians on the weekends. And eventually you want more than that. Yeah. And eventually that doesn't do it for people anymore. Eventually you're just like, wait a second, there's gotta be more. Right. And that cycle has been happening for uh, centuries. The cycle of like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. Well, there is more, there is more. And so in the third and fourth century, so there's this guy and I'm a huge church father nerd. So nerd alert here. So St. Benedict of Nursia, an influential figure in the Western monastic tradition. In the 6th century, this dude included the Lectio Divina as a fundamental practice in his rule for monasteries. So can you imagine like the boss man for all these monasteries being like, all right, guys, this is the new rule for the monastic life. This is the new rule for um, y'all's monasteries to engage in the Bible in not just a historical way, not just an obligatory way, but in a divine way. I think that's kind of cool. I think it's really cool. And so as we jump into this and break it down, um, I think that we could put out a press release for Christians. A press release. And for churches everywhere. We are not called to entertain Christians on the weekends. We are not called to placate Christians or meet their preferential needs. Well, it's like what I said in the closing moment of last weekend's service. There's nothing we can offer you that's better than Jesus Christ. Come on, dude. Absolutely. So we, why why would we try? Yeah. Why would we try? Um, and so here's the idea. I think that there could be a new rule for not just monasteries, but a new rule for Christians and a new rule for churches. Uh, and I thought of this this morning, and I underlined it because I really wanted to throw it out there into our people's ears, which is, in an age of shallow spirituality, I do believe the future of the church exists in the deep end. Mm. And what I mean by that is... Um, especially Gen Z, man, and the alpha generation coming up behind them. I'm telling you, if Gen Z longs and hungers for authenticity this much, the generation alpha is just going to be that plus more. And so it is incumbent upon church leaders today 
to begin to facilitate church in a way that brings people out of the shallow end and into the deep end. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And there, also, there's something beautiful about that because you learn how to swim sometimes <laughs> by being thrown in the deep end. You know what I mean? Or you drown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the analogy breaks down at some point. <laughs> One of the um, two happened. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's let's break down these these four steps because remember, and here's here's the problem. Some of y'all are going to be listening to this and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is not the gospel." Yeah. This is, you know, this is not Jesus. Okay. So I don't have to do it. <laughs> Hear me when I say you are doing these things already. Yeah. You're already You're just do- not intentional about it. You're doing some of these things in your in your uh in your everyday life and and um instead of there being a divine reading with the scriptures, there's like a, a divine evaluation of like your contemporary lifestyle. And I'm telling you that when you step into the space that you've created for the Holy Spirit to fill and you meet him there, things like this, Lectio Divina, or a divine reading of God's word, not an obligatory way. I'm not just going to check off the box. I'm not going to read it like a historical book, like a history book, although it is a book of history. Um, I'm going to read it divinely. Here's the four steps. Step one, Lectio, Greek. Not Greek, Latin. Latin. Latin for reading. So for all y'all that are like, this sounds complicated with big words and such. It's, you just read. You just read. And here, so I remember a, a professor of mine at Phoenix Sem said, um, the best way to engage in lectio divina in step one is to read, and read slowly. Yep. And read it twice. So it's like read it, read it slowly, and read it twice. So there is something to reading it, reading it slowly, and reading it twice. And um, you don't have to like start in Leviticus where you, you know, where it's super <laughs> complex and frustrating because you don't understand how it connects to this, to that. Just jump into the Psalms. Yeah. Just jump into the Psalms and, and start reading like the mid 20s. Like anything between 20 and 30 in the Psalms is just like, honestly, it's like super easy to read and it's like really touching. Just read it, read it slowly, and read it twice. Lectio. That's good. Lectio. So simple, man. It's so simple. Uh, step two is meditatio. I think Medi- it's. Like, I thought it was meditatio. It's pro- probably meditatio because Latin has a lot of ah. I almost thought like meditatio, but I'm like that's not a that's not a Latin vernacular. Mm-hmm. So it's probably meditatio or meditatio. Meditatio, um, which means meditation. Okay. In our day and age, meditation can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Yeah. And unfortunately, this word's been hijacked by lowercase s spirituality, uh, by a, a world of spirituality void of Jesus, okay? And so when I say meditation, I am not talking about, like, wackadoodle stuff. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not talking about, like, new age spirituality void of Jesus. I am talking about the actual definition of meditation, which is a written or spoken discourse expressing impressions on what you just read. So this is the power of journaling. So a meditative response to what you just read is to, I guess, either say them in your heart, like, hmm, I didn't realize that God thought that about me. Hmm. Oh, interesting, I didn't realize that God's value system was that. Meditation is is an expressive internal dialogue 
an external out loud audible discourse dialogue or a journal entry. That's what meditation is. We've, we've made it to be this weird kind of over-spiritualized thing. It's, it's not. It, th- think of it as a response to what you just yeah. read. I took a, um, a prayer and contemplative practices class in college. And one of the things that he would have us do, we would do Lectio Divina. And one of the things he would have us do is we would write the verse in our, we, he would give us these big journals to, to use for the semester. And he would have us write down the verse and he would give us like colored pencils and like crayons and stuff. And he'd say color. <laughs> oh my God. Color on your page. And he would say, write out the verse on your page and write it however you want creatively whatever words like pop out to you, make those bigger, make those, you know, like do whatever you want to make this a creative, you know, thing and color as you please. And it's, it felt so silly. (laughs) It felt so silly to do that in college. But as I sat there and I did this, I was like, wow, these are the words that stick out to me. I wonder why they stick out to me like this. Because then I look over to my neighbor and different words stuck out to them. Hmm. And different colors they chose for different things or different images they chose for different things than I did. And it was just like interesting to see how the spirit was working in our inner creativity. And so maybe that's even something that you can do to meditate on. If you're like really, if you're artistic or creative, or maybe even you're not, <laughs> this that might be a good way to to let the spirit just kind of like lead you creatively. Um, to show you like, oh, this is, this is, these are the things that stand out to me. These are the images that I feel like, um, God's putting on my heart with this passage. Um, and I think that could be really valuable if you want to try that. That's cool. No, I love that. Okay. So we've got Lectio, Meditatio. We've got reading and meditation. Read it, read it slowly, read it twice, and then meditate on what you just read by either an internal dialogue, an external or a written one, okay? Oratio, prayer, prayer. This is the third, and probably the most, well, I think for me, it's the most like important to me personally, because um, f- for me, it, it you know, the inner life of prayer uh, governs basically all of the rest of your life. And so prayer to me is just very, very important, and I think it's very important for the church. Um, you know, we've talked about prayer a lot, you know, praying as you can, not as you can't, you know, that's something you said a, a while ago, Nick, and mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've taught it on the weekends. We teach it in our discipleship pathways. And so we do, we, we teach prayer a lot, but the irony of teaching prayer is the still the best way to learn prayer is just to start praying. Yep. I mean, there's yeah. just, you could study prayer for a lifetime and never utter a word of prayer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you just need to start praying. If you want to get better at prayer, volunteer when you're in that small group and nobody wants to pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, this is where, you know, praying about what you read is so important. I was so touched that Pastor Maddie uh, brought up something in our, in our pre-service meeting on Sunday. Uh, she said, Hey, you know, Luke brought this up in staff meeting last week and she brought up, I think it was Psalm 24. Um, yeah, about the, you know, the gener- the generation that seeks his his face, um, and with clean hands and a pure heart, uh, such is the generation that will seek God's face and um, will receive this blessing, this favor, 
from God on them. And my prayer is that may, may our generation be that generation. May we be the generation with clean sand, a pure heart that seeks the face of God, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, receives this blessing from the Lord. And, um, I was just super touched by, by that, um, that Maddie brought that up. And I, I remember how touched I was when I first read that at like four thirty in the mornings, one Friday morning, like a month ago. And I was so touched by that, that I began to pray into it mm. and pray about it. And so pr- praying about and praying through what it is that you just read and how you can pray and ask the Lord to make that your reality and to make that your, um, your perspective for the day. And you'll be just so pleasantly surprised with how the Lord integrates new words and language into your everyday, you know, rhythms. And then he will sh- then use it and share it with other people. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the beauty and the power of Lectio Divina is that, you know, what good, what God does for you in that, space that you create for him he does for you and he does for you so that you can offer it away into the lives of the people in your life and so prayer so we've got three we've got lectio meditatio uh oratio and con- <laughs> this one's gonna be tough because <laughs> my latin is <laughs> garbage con- here's how i thought of it i thought of it as meditatio oratio and contemplatio Oh, I thought it for sure it was oratio, like the T, like the, because the Latin and the Spanish sometimes share vernaculars. Anyways, say that last one again, contemplatio. Contemplatio. Plot, okay. Well, let's go with that. Contemplation. Yeah. Okay. So we've got reading, meditation, prayer, and contemplation. And again, contemplation needs to be um, taken back from lowercase s spirituality without Jesus. Like, So contemplation or a reflection and a thoughtfulness. That's the key word there, thoughtfulness on what you just engaged in. So there is a, there is a cadence to this. There is a reading, reading it twice, reading it slowly. There is a meditation, an expressive dialogue in your inner self or out loud or a journal entry, uh, praying through the scripture that you spent time in, uh, and then contemplating or a thoughtful reflection, a thoughtfulness mm-hmm. of what you just engaged in okay yeah and that doesn't just mean the scriptures but also the first three steps as a whole as a whole the whole the whole the whole lectio divina the whole divine reading contemplate on all of it yeah yep Uh, a reflection a look back a contemplation on what you just spent your time in and through so this is a dramatically different way to spend time in god's word and in god's presence than a quick check the box off yeah or, or or treating it like a, a library of history, um, and I say that with some asterisk because it is history. Yeah, it's just true history, and it's divine history. But what's special about this for me, and in, in my opinion, is that most people don't carve out an extended period of time in their day to read the scriptures. You know, maybe you know nothing more than an hour typically. I I would assume. And so doing all of these steps now makes it so that you can't read as much scripture, which I think is a good thing. Because I think you should go a little bit at a time. I think you should pick out four verses Mm. and take those four verses just as they are. I think you should take just a short little paragraph. Just a short little thing. You don't need to read a whole chapter. You don't need to read 
three chapters a day to meet your your Bible reading plan of reading the whole Bible in a year. Because if it didn't do anything for you, then it was pointless. <laughs> yeah. But taking a little bit at a time and taking time to read it, to meditate on it, to pray it, and to pray about it, and then to reflect on it, and reflect on what you're going to do about it. You know, asking those two questions, what is the Spirit telling me, and what am I going to do about it? Like, belief must turn into, then, an I will statement. Hmm. I think Lectio Divina is the perfect step stool to let that happen. It's like the perfect foundation to lead to action, in my opinion. Because you've you've taken very intentional time going slowly through the text and saying, how is God moving in this? If the Word of God is living and active, how is God moving in these words? Yeah, that's beautiful. I think we have to, I mean, if the if spiritual practices are about creating space, I think this is about creating space in the Scriptures for God to move. This is creating space for the Scriptures to affect you. I think that's so, so, so essential. Well, it is so essential in a in a world and sometimes a church that just sits in the shallow end of yeah. the pool. And, um, you know, these are old paths. These are ancient paths, yeah. but they are fresh new power for a church today. So if, you know, if, if, a, if, if a church wants to live from the Lord's present power, it'll be in the old paths. It'll be in the old ancient paths where there was a world of less distraction. And not that they were ultra spiritual or knew some secret formula or some secret they didn't. They just didn't have the distractions we have. Yeah. That's it. That's the difference. And for, again, our listeners who are like, dude, there is no way I have time to do a Lectio Divina each day, <laughs> a, a reading, a meditation, a prayer, and a contemplation. And okay, fine. Um, I probably don't have time to do this every day either. But what I know I can do is I can set this aside uh, once a week. Once a week, for sure. Right. Make Make time for this once a week. But again, going back to just sitting in the presence of Jesus, being with the with the Lord, uh, in silence and solitude, remember silence presumes solitude, um, you will have to be distraction free. Yeah. And if you, if you don't have time for, for this, my question is, is is your, is your life fuller than it has to be? Yep. Or is there something, yeah, is there something in your life? You know, I think about like entertainment, I think about like TV and stuff. And how that's the way we usually use our downtime. Um, and so our first thought might be, oh, I don't have time. But you have time to watch your show at the end of the day. Is it possible that reading the scriptures could be your downtime? Yeah. Is it possible that time with God can be your downtime and that you could maybe get rest from that? Who would think that you might get rest from the Spirit of God more than you might in your TV show? It's just a thought. Yeah. And I'm I'm a guilty party in that. No, oh, well, we, we watch T- we watch TV every night. <laughs> that is our that is like our our end of day routine as we watch a show. But sometimes I sit and look at that and I'm like you know, if I'm if I'm spending more time in entertainment than I am in the word of God, then are my priorities where they should be? In Not way, yet in the way that I use my time. Not yet. They're, they're, I, we are all actively counterforming 
right? Yeah. The, the world has formed us and we're in, in a process of counterformation. And yeah. so I would say just keep all of, all of us, myself included, oh my gosh, all of us have to fight for the ways that we're being distracted. Those distractions are our opportunities to sit in yeah. the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And that's, um, that's just the tension that we have to wrestle with in our culture is that we're just going to have to constantly fight for that time. And again, I do believe there's another another renewed interest in the the practices because they're means of grace. They're not legalistic. They they are they are are ways that we create space for the Holy Spirit to fill. Uh these are these are not burdensome. These are gifts. These are these are not supposed to weigh us down. They are supposed to free us from the weight. Yeah. And uh, as we believe that and as we practice them, I think that we'll believe that more as we, we practice it. Um, but we, again, will have to fight, 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 fight um, to spend the time that we are distracted on things like this and with Jesus. So Lectio Divina, there it is, divine reading. Divine reading. Divine reading. Love it. If you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, you can let us know by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. And we encourage you to do that, to make this podcast as beneficial as possible for you. Um, and on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community if you're not plugged in. And you can get a hold of me or Luke there as well if you go to our staff page. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. Is it Lectio Divina or Lectio Divina? Lec- Lectio di- Divina? <laughs> How is this supposed to be said? Lectio Divina. I think it's Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina. Yeah. Yep. The Latin vernacular would probably sound like Lectio Divina. The Latin vernacular. Wow, you sound so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I should keep that. <laughs> <laughs>